The following is a 5 for 2 production. Let's so. just stick to M. <laughs> after after the Iron Maiden ed- episode, it can't get much unluckier than that. Uh, but uh, how you doing this evening, Todd? Oh, I can trust me, Kevin. I can get a lot drunker than that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was mildly buzzed for that episode. I think you were actually drunker on the Grateful Dead episode, but uh, you were more inappropriate on the Iron Maiden episode. But uh, most of our viewers won't see that inappropriateness because it kind of... Kevin, uh, is there really any difference between me being drunk and or inappropriate? I, I really, I think there's a fine line, buddy. Fine line. I we we had a comment. Uh, I was when I was um, uploading some stuff to our what the hell is that page for you this week. Um, I I noticed there was a comment under the uh, Randy Rhodes, just the short clip that's just you going to the Randy Rhodes um, yeah. site, and it said your video sucks and you're obnoxious. <laughs> I was like, delete, fuck that guy. Ah, <laughs> should have left that up for me to re- respond to him. Uh, Come on, uh, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, we're up to episode M, but you know, Todd, in, in several episodes previous, I've, I've, I've mentioned this fact over and over again. I keep talking about like cool things that I might've had from a concert and I keep saying, but we moved last year and all my shit's in my garage. Well, guess what we did this week? We cleaned the garage. I got all kinds of cool stuff to show here. So just real quickly, I won't, I won't take up too much time. I know you want to get moving, but. So going back to our very second episode, we talked about the OzFest riot. Right. That's our program. OzFest, yeah, uh, 1997, right there. Yeah, it's it's not a piece of the fence, but, you know, it's something. Uh, we talked about Charlie Daniels and our friend Steve Dury and his flag. Here we go. Charlie there Daniels. Nice. Our program. Here's a, this is from my last uh, Judas Priest concert. This was something they handed out, just like the local pavilion. It's like a little newspaper. Oh, yeah, I, I saw Priest with you the last time at uh, Rock on the Range. Okay, then this was actually the time previous to that. You know, I get all my all my concerts right. trying to get it. But anyway, this was I didn't get one of those. This was at the Star Lake Amphitheater in Pittsburgh or whatever. Uh, been there. Calling it these days. Now uh, we talked about Iron Maiden just a few weeks ago, so this was the one I was really excited to find. This is from my first. My first Iron Maiden concert. Yes, yes. Isn't, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful thing there. Tour there programs is. used to be such a cool thing. Now I wouldn't spend the money on them. You know is, there, is there a tack mark in the top of it where you put it in your wall? No, there is not. Anytime I put a program on the wall, I think I probably hung it in a bag or something. But one last one last fight, Todd. You know, I'd, uh, asked you, I'd asked you about the Kiss dolls, and you, of course, have two of the original Kiss dolls. Right, but, yeah, yeah. I have some of the newfangled funky ones. I got, I got so I, I think I sold those. These are the oh, so, this no, is I, the solo album set. Each one comes with like the. I don't have the gold records. Album. I have the silver records. Ah, very cool. And then here, the, I'm thinking I might give these to my nephew one of these days. You know what? What do I need with kiss dolls hanging on my wall? You know. I, <laughs> all right. I got, I got all those. And then of course this week I got my big Amazon delivery. I got my Fisher Price little people kiss dolls. Ah, all right. <laughs> yeah, America, we're dorks. I we we, we admit it. We admit it. No, 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 no. These are the two. Is is this Ace and Peter, or is it Tommy and Eric? The world may never know. <laughs> I don't know. Put, put some coke in front of them. See what happens. Yeah, right. See which one goes. <laughs> if the coke disappears, it's uh, Ace and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Todd. We got a big episode here. Episode right. M. Episode M of Ticket Stuff. My God, 
the last let's, three. Let's, let's get through the crap that we don't have to tell any stories about first. We can just mention names and move on. Okay. All right. One last thing I did want to say. The last three weeks of family have been really cool. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, our, hope, our, our future guests, if we have any, have a lot to live up to. I mean, right. you know, Dr. Baker, that's hard to beat, you know. And, and my, sister, my sister, of course, talking about me passing out in the hot sun, you know. I mean, these stories, I don't know. And your mom's so I, I got my sister coming into town next week. So maybe yeah. she can throw in a couple extra stories here too. So we'll right see. Get, get a little a little bonus uh, footage going on on the uh, YouTube page. And then, of course, what, what can beat your mom singing balls to the wall at the top of her lungs? If you want to see these stories, folks, go back and look at our past few episodes. Uh, episode uh, JKNL, just full of family fun. But. Uh, All right. All right, so uh, you got You said you have a list of bands here for the M's that we can run through. Well, I, I got a I got a whole list of M's, most of which okay. don't really need more than just mentioning. Uh, so. Okay, well hit me and let's see what we got here. All right, so I saw Roger McGuinn. Uh, okay, the birds. No, the birds, right on, right on. Not, not uh, seen. Saw him up for the dead in uh, Chicago, something like okay. that. Okay, okay, fine. Meat puppets. You and me saw meat puppets. Okay, I, yep, yep. Couldn't care less about them, but I crossed them <laughs> off my list. So I, I've there. seen them again recently um, uh, at um, the uh, R bar downtown, um, the A and R bar next to the to the uh, LC Pavilion. It was good. It was cool. Cool show. You know, nice retro right. show. All the all the old grunge heads come out of the woodwork. All right. So see on on the same on the same kind of note, the Melvins. No, it was okay. I've never no. I did see the Melvins at one of the Lollapaloosas one year. I did. I saw the Melvins open for Kiss at at. Okay. Uh, at Superdome in 96. I was going to say, Melvins have a few Kiss uh, spoof covers. They each did their own solo record, like the Kiss record. So, you know, really? that's 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 Kiss fan. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Big, throw them in there. So yeah, Mr. Uh, opening for Rush. Right on, right on. Uh, modern Skirts. They're kind of a... a, 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 a Who? <laughs> at, at this band. Forget it. It was, it was one of those Catherine, Catherine dragged me to. Uh, Gary Moore. Okay. You know, I never got to see Gary Moore, man. Got to see Gary Moore oh, with Focus and, uh, and Def Leppard, 83. Nice, nice. Uh, that would have been the time to see Def Leppard. Steve Morse. Okay. I, I haven't seen – oh, I did. I saw him open for Rush once. Yes, I did. And then I've also seen him play in Deep Purple. Uh, let's see. There are a couple other small M's here. Uh, Matt, Matt Guitar Murphy. You know, <laughs> nice. uh, yes, Matt. you promised the Matt Guitar Murphy story last week. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was the House of Blues, uh, you know, with my then girlfriend Pam at the time. Okay. I think that was a matter of fact. I think that was our first date. Or, well, I don't know if you want to call it a date. The first night she let me have sex with her. Oh, okay. But, uh, Maybe that's. So anyhow, yeah, that was Matt Guitar Murphy. <laughs> but uh, all right, so we got, we got a lot of big M's, though. Meatloaf. Have you seen Meatloaf? Yeah, we saw him together at the Newport. Did we? Uh, yeah, yeah, like 88, 89, when he first, like, before he had the comeback with, you know, uh, I can do everything. Still in that there? I'm, uh, I know probably, him. but yeah, we, we saw him. We saw him together at the Newport. So, And then I saw him again with Taron, I think, oh, uh, like the nice. following year. Okay. okay. So I've seen him twice. Okay. I've seen, I've seen the loaf. The loaf, yep. You know? I'm glad I saw him at the Newport because then he blew up again and, you know, the tickets were expensive. And he oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was, you know, I hate to say it. All right, so, you know, let, let, let's talk briefly about it. Because let, okay. let's face it, Battle to Hell was a fantastic record. Well, gr- uh, I mean, great album. Well, just, just fantastic. 43 million sold, something like that. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what the Basically is. a greatest hits in and of itself. Right. <laughs> um, and, and then you throw on the extra couple million they made on the sequel, you know, Battle to Hell 2. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I would do anything, for, you know, for money. Uh, <laughs> and I will do that. <laughs> yeah, but and, I'll, and I will do that exactly. <laughs> so uh, you know, if Steinman had spent more time uh, working on the Watershed CD instead of fucking that piece of shit, uh, you know, maybe Watershed would be a household name by now. And but, then, of course, uh, anytime we talk about Meatloaf, we have to mention that his son-in-law is uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Scott's married to his daughter Pearl, the one I who used to be that. one of the the Motley Crue crew sluts. She was a backup singer on like the Girls 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 tour, I think, for Motley Crue. Now she's that got her own. Sense. Now she's got her own career called, she's just called Pearl. But uh, yes, she's married to Scotty and from Anthrax. So he's like, uh, yeah, first time he met the loaf was kind of, you know, intimidating. <laughs> I'd like to fuck your daughter, please. <laughs> <laughs> like a bat in a hell. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> the morning comes. comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's move on. All right, so, uh, hey, Todd, have you ever heard of the band Malaya Rage? 
I don't think so. Thrash band. I just thought I'd throw them out there while I'm throwing the little bands out. I was to interview them once for WSR, you know, a, a recurring uh, subject like a WSR here. kind of band. And, and, and the, the week before the, the scheduled interview, I'm going to see Metallica, who we'll get to in a little while, but I'm going to see Metallica at Hair Arena. And the Malaya Rage bus is just parked outside. So I'm like, hey, I know these guys, even though I hadn't met them yet. We went over, we pounded on the door, and we're like, hey, we're from WSR in Columbus. We're going to interview you guys this coming Thursday for your Columbus show. And they're like, cool, come on and party. So, <laughs> Miss Queen's right that night because we hung out with the Malaya Rage boys before uh, the Metallica show. That's eight. Still good to make friends. Yes. Amen. 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 So, go on. That's really my only minor in band I have listed here. All right. So, what about now? We, we've talked about the benefits of uh, getting handicapped seats for concerts before. John Let's Mellicamp. John Cougar Mellicamp. John Cougar Mellicamp. God bless him. Used to be called Johnny Cougar. Mm-hmm. Then he then he was uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Then he just went to John Mellencamp. Now I don't know what the fuck he's called. <laughs> now, now this is I don't know if you remember the exact situation around this this concert, but um, Todd and I used to uh, work at Ticketmaster together, folks. And uh, this was in the early nineties, ninety one. bastard. So this would have been ninety two, I guess, because uh, the opening acts. Um, but the, Blind the Melon. Mid- yes, you're right. Exactly, exactly. If you remember, the Midwest flooded. Uh, really bad in ninety in ninety two. Like a lot of towns along the Mississippi, I think one town completely moved and is you know moved a hundred yards upriver to this day. But Bob Dylan and and John Mellencamp put together a series of three flood relief concerts. One was in Indianapolis, one was in Chicago, and the third one that was scheduled, ironically enough, got I flooded out in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Dylan headlined the Chicago one. And then Mellencamp, of course, headlined the Indianapolis one. Now, I said Todd and I worked at Ticketmaster. This was a surprise on sale. Not only that, the tickets were only $10. We walked into work in the morning, and they said, our, our supervisors immediately told us, get to, your, you know, get to your seats, get ready. We've got a Mellencamp on sale going on in 10 minutes. It's like, what? I don't even have time to decide if I want to go to this show. And, of course, tickets being $10, they were gone in, like, you know, 20 minutes. I think it was the first hour of our day, and just this show was gone. So we're kind of like – I personally was a big Blind Melon fan, and the, the thought of seeing the two of them together in Indiana was, like, too much for me to resist. I was like, I got to figure out a way <laughs> figure out a way to get into this show. So one of the things working at Ticketmaster, as Todd can attest to, people would always call and ask what the handicap rules were. Because every venue had a different situation. Some some venues, you could have one person with you. Some venues, you could have this many. Some venues, you had to show up early, you know, to go to a special section. Everything was different. So, light bulb goes up in my head. I look up Deer Creek Amphitheater, handicap uh, ticket rules. Any handicapped person could have up to eight escorts. I'm like... <laughs> We are in. Now, so folks, I, let me tell you, I did not get in a wheelchair that night, all right? <laughs> no, we, no, we didn't. No one had to get in the wheelchair. This was the beauty of the eight escorts thing. So we go to a local uh, record store. Um, I think it was um, Karma, Karma Records. And uh, we purchased a couple handicap tickets. One of our friends, uh, Katie Fuller, she wanted to go as well. We told her, go, to, go, to, go and buy a handicap ticket, you know. And? We, we went. Now, the really nice thing about it, we got to the show. We, we had a little cover story. We're just like, oh, yeah, my, my brother, he's going he's gonna to meet us here in a little while. And, uh, well, my brother never showed up. <laughs> hey, Todd, carry this on for just a second. Uh, my computer's about to run out, and I have to plug, plug it into the uh, power outlet. All right, so, again, Kevin is telling a story uh, that is well beyond my uh, grasp because I completely fuck, forgot that part of the story. So, I mean, I just remember the fact that we had handicapped seats. And a lot of times when you go to concerts, uh, the handicapped seats are, like, in the like the second tier of the arena. And it, all they are just basically an empty row with some loose chairs and a space for people to fit their, you know, uh, wheelchair if need be. However, some some places have got really, really nice handicap sections <laughs> where they're close down front and, you know, and they got a big spot for you. And you can sit right, you know. So now we actually had seats. 
They mm -hmm. rolled us down. I mean, now how a person in a, in a wheelchair could have gotten in these seats was impossible. <laughs> if they were actual seats in the, you know, on it was the, the eighth row. The it was like the eighth row of the arena. It was amazing. And I do think the first several seats were taken out of the row. That's where the chairs would have been. But the AS guards you know, are scooted down the aisle. And, and I just remember the real handicapped people being really pissed that we were there. And it didn't seem to be anybody else hanging out with us that deserved the seats. Well, that's probably because I was standing up dancing the whole time. <laughs> hey, we could have been mentally handicapped. And there was something about, you know, well, we probably were for pulling this stunt. But, uh. Hey, it worked. Uh, there you go, folks. Little hey, look, we weren't taking anyone's seat. No. You know, no we, there were know, still no, seats available no one, in that section. It's not like the Genesis story where some big fan <laughs> didn't get to go see the show. So, you know, it was just one of those things where we, we took advantage of the rules yep. that were available to all the general public. So, sorry. Yep. You know. Amen. Amen. That's just, the way it uh, goes. Exactly. All right, so moving on to another M that is one of your big favorites. Not necessarily one of mine, but I've seen him six times. Okay. Megadeth. Megadeth, yes. Megadeth. Now, we have mentioned them a couple times. I think last week I dubbed them the uh, cheap trick of thrash because they seem to open for everyone. Everybody. At least half the times I've seen Megadeth was opening. But uh, we told already the story during our Iron Maiden show about Megadeth's autograph. Okay, and then uh, also me getting Dave's autograph uh, at the Iron Maiden concert. Um, there was a time I saw him at the Newport, the first time they headlined, uh, their first real headlining tour when they played the Newport. I was the guy that got on, you know the line in Peace Sells, but who's buying? Can you put a price on Peace? Just by the pure luck of concert karma and drama, I got tossed, I was crowd surfing, and I got rolled on the stage, boom, right at that moment. So I got to stand up and kind of look right at Dave Mustang, you know, the whole Newport looking on and look right at him and kind of, can you put a price on peace and then do my stage dive? <laughs> That's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I would have stood there until Newport security threw exactly. my ass out and lost my glasses and a shoe in the process. So we'll, we'll get we'll get to that story a little That's bit. That's a down teaser the road. for episode R, folks, right yeah. there. All right, so uh, so again, so you and I both are, are similar in the fact that uh, the majority of the time that we've seen Megadeth, we weren't there to see Megadeth. So. <laughs> we mentioned um, in a few episodes uh, ago as well, um, seeing Megadeth opening for Dio. This was funny. We didn't really get into this when I was talking about it. I did talk about not being able to go backstage because I had a Megadeth pass and I was supposed to go back during Dio's set, and I didn't, so I missed my chance. But during Megadeth's set... The power got shut off on him twice for some reason, like just completely like, and Mustaine just went on these amazing rants. I actually have it on tape because I had the cassette for the interview, and since I couldn't see the interview, I just had the foresight at the beginning of Megadeth's uh, set to hit play on my little record. You know, you it's bootlegged real, it. I mean, yeah, oh, it's, I boot early bootleg, but I mean, it's so horrible, Todd. It's the it's the little Walkman cassette in my jean jacket pocket <laughs> in the third row. You know, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you hear Mustaine up there bitching on my tape. It's like, this. God damn it, brother. <laughs> What's he saying? <laughs> and my brother Tom once got in free. Uh, he has a, you know, he, he has a habit of this. We've established on some other shows to a Megadeth show in Hair Arena. We were all walking up to go buy our tickets at the box office, and literally some people popped open the side door and were like, hey, come on in. And me and my buddy were too big of pussies to, oh, we're going to get caught. Oh, no. It's Tom's like, fuck it, I'll see you guys inside. <laughs> we get in. I think he, those people had already bought him a beer. He's already partying with him. You know, it's like, anyway, so that's what you get for being a pussy. Could have got in free. <laughs> God bless Tom. And then I have seen them on the Clash of the Titans tour, uh, which was, of course, with uh, uh, Slayer. Megadeth and Anthrax. I saw that tour too. Now, yeah. was that, we didn't go together though, did we? I don't know if we did. Uh, Alice in Chains opened. Was that the Ohio Center? Did you go? Yeah, I, I went with Rob Walker, and and yeah. we only stayed we only stayed for Alice in Chains and Megadeth, and then split. There you I didn't, go. 
Okay, well, I have a story about that show, but I'm going to save it for the S because it really more involves Slayer. So we'll just kind of put that out there as a little teaser. I think I I think I remember seeing you and like, yeah, we were going back to Bram's party. We'll talk to you later. You know, I'll fill you in on what you miss when we get down to the S's. Um, But uh, Anthrax, I wasn't a big fan of, and Slayer, I didn't give a shit about. (laughs) Well, Slayer, it's it's just that's the funny part of the story. But again, we'll we'll save it Um, because we got a lot of more M's to get to. But uh, any uh, unique Megadeth experiences for you? Never met Dave, nothing like that, no. I mean, again, you know, uh, I, I saw him, uh, I think probably with you at least three times. We saw him with Social Distortion, or uh, not Social Distortion, we saw him with uh, um, Suicidal Tendencies. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we I saw him with Iron with Maiden and Dio. Mm-hmm. No, I, no. I, 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 saw, I saw him with uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Alice Cooper, and Judas Priest. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that. I think you mentioned that. Um, Motorhead, not, not Iron Maiden, but yeah. But, Motor, yeah. Motorhead, Priest, Megadeth, and that, that was the 91, you know, Armed Forces, whatever the fuck it was. We're driving around in a tank tour, <laughs> you know, trying, right, to make, right, right. Trying, trying to make, make Rob Halford still look straight, you know. And the last time I saw Megadeth, I'll just mention this, because um, I mentioned I saw the Clash of the Titans tour. They also did the big three, which, you know, the big four, you might, take Metallic out of the equation but they right. did tour after that big stadium tour that they did with the big four the three of them toured on their own and they came here um to uh the LC uh, amphitheater and um they were doing the um rest in peace album in its entirety for that tour and Dave was I, I it was pretty obvious Dave was straining pretty hard throughout the concert for his vocals well, they come out for the encore and they to do uh, Symphony of Destruction, which of course isn't on that album that they had already put up. And he sounded just fine and perfect. So I just made the joke that the sound man hit the Dave. He had forgotten to hit the Dave Mustaine button on the vocal uh, bus, you know, before the rest of the show. And he, <laughs> Dave, Dave walked off, you know, before he came out for the encore. God damn it! Turn on my button. <laughs> and he come out sounded. Sound fine. like me. <clears throat> so. Uh, so then do we move on to... Uh, well, uh, you know, before we continue on with the metal mayhem tonight, uh, I forgot another one. What about Steve Miller? You ever see Steve Miller band? Saw Steve Miller on my birthday, first of all, once, um, at the uh, Capital City Music Center, where we've uh, talked about uh, the head down there at uh, Beulah Park. Um, and it happened to be one of his roadies' birthday on the same day. And he just, whatever he is, decided to sing happy birthday to this guy. And so it was really cool. I had Steve Miller sing happy birthday to you on my birthday. There you go. Then I also saw him a couple years back. He was the headliner for the uh, Bourbon and Beyond Festival. But the the real headliner of the day was the guy who played right before him. And it was Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. <laughs> and th- th- it was kind of funny because one of these festivals where they have two stages right beside each other, okay, and a fence down the middle between the two. and all day long, whoever was playing on the stage that Steve Miller played on, it would fill up for the, for the concert, but everybody would then dissipate between acts. And then the next act, the fans of that band would fill in. The Vetter side, all the Pearl Jam fans came early and, like, Just held stayed. their spot. So that stayed full all day long. And, then of course, after Eddie played, Steve, you know, played to a full crowd, but it was kind of a constant flow out of there. I used it as an excuse to get up front for Steve. I was like, fuck, you're going to give up your spot. I'll go up and watch him, you know, in a better spot. So, yeah, we stuck around. He was really good. I mean, Steve's still rocking it. You got to like Steve, too, for uh, going off about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, being pissed about the Black the black Keys. They, boo-hoo, Steve Miller didn't know who we were. Well, then fucking why were you even there to fucking induct him in the first place? Well, again, you know, let's not get started on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but those, <laughs> you know, those fucking jackasses didn't deserve to be inducting Steve Miller. You know? Exactly, my point. Oh, so uh, yeah. So, have you seen Steve? I've seen him twice. I saw okay. him. Uh, I saw him Meriwether Post in '92 uh, with George Thurgood opening, and and to be honest, I was really more interested in going to see George. Okay. And uh, and the next night, or actually, no, wait, I'm sorry, wait, I'll back it up. Uh, the first night was Little Feet. Oh, okay. With with George Thurgood. Hey, we mentioned next the night last was Steve Miller, and we were like, well, hell, let's stay both nights. Why not? So. So yeah, so I, you know, and, and that was back in his fat days. Uh, he was uh, he was pretty heavy back then, and uh, to be honest, uh, I was pretty bloated myself. So uh, I didn't see him again until this past 
Jazz Fest in New Orleans in 2018, and he was great. And unfortunately, I didn't see the whole set. It was one of those things where, you know, if you've ever been to Jazz Fest in New Orleans, there's eight different stages all around at one point. And, you know, you can you can go from stage to stage, but unless you were there in the beginning, you know, you're going to be stuck in the back. So, so I, I got as close as I could for Steve, but uh, you know, again, just one of the—it's one of those ones you could you can cross off the bucket list. You can say you've seen him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. And, and uh, again, uh, just one, one of those artists that uh, you know deserves a deserves the respect that, that he's garnered. You know, right on, right on. Did you ever uh, see uh, Monster Magnet, Todd? You know, I thought about today. Uh, the, you're the one that got me into him. I don't think I have. I, I I checked my list. I don't think I have. Okay, I see him several times. I the I'll just the thing I'll mention about them. The very first time I saw them, they were opening for White Zombie at the Newport, and we were marveling at the fact of how fucked up uh, Dave Weindor was on stage. Just like, man, that guy is you know wasted, just putting on this great show. After the after the show, I met him at the bar. Just totally fucking completely sober. It's completely yeah. like, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> he did eventually relapse into drugs many years later, but uh, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But a, a good a good club band, you know, a good uh, you know, a good band to I think they described their music once as we like to play the kind of music that like going to Madison Square Garden with a bong in the car, <laughs> you know, in nineteen seventy six or something like that. But that's uh, about right. right. So I think, is this going to bring us to Motley Crue? Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, alphabetically, Metallica would come next, but I have so many Metallica stories, and we're running low on this call. I think Crue and Motorhead are going to fit this call better, and we can say Metallica for kind of a, a headline. One if, more. If that sounds okay with you. One more. Oh, okay, okay. Who we got? The Monkees. Yeah, oh, I've never seen the Monkees. and I'm the Monkees. So, I would love to see the Monkees. The Monkees were my first favorite band. But, it was only, uh, only three out of four. Only three out of four. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, I got to see the important ones. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say now Mickey and Mikey are still out there. Well, honestly, as far as songwriting, if they wrote if any of the songs they did write, I mean, more like the performance. Mickey's the guy. You know, I mean, Davey was the was the heartthrob, but Mickey was the real you know musical talent in the band. Well, uh, I, the the writer was um, voice of heart. What? Boyce and Hart, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart wrote all those early Bobby, all those monkeys hits, and maybe some, I think, Engelbert Humperdinck. Well, and they also got a lot of their hits from uh, Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, yeah, Engelbert Humperdinck, that that whole uh, songwriting, uh, you know, uh, contingent there of the late '60s or whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I would love to see four, them. Out of the four actual members, out of out of Davy Jones, out of uh, Peter Tork, out of uh, Mickey Michael Dole, Desmond, and and uh, who was the other guy? Michael Nesmith. Yeah, Mike Nesmith. So he was the only guy I didn't, didn't get to see, Mm-mm. but he was the one who actually wrote the majority of the songs. <laughs> yeah. at, least the one, at least the ones for, for the monkeys. Right, whenever they actually started, uh, when they actually started writing for themselves. But he, he was the one that was bitter. They, they weren't actually taken serious as a musical group. He was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got but, you. Uh, but hey, you know, again, one, one of those ones, you know, I can say I saw him. So that's, mm-hmm. you know. Now, um, I mentioned Molly Cree. You know, we could potentially, uh, I know your dad probably has had enough after two episodes, but I know you once took your dad to a Molly Cree show, didn't you? No. Oh, I thought no. you guys would. Did you just get the poster there when you were in London? Remember you yeah. sent me a poster of London. I thought you actually saw the show. No, no, they, they were they were coming. No, I, I went to go see Velvet Revolver in London. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. But I, I got you the poster when I was there. Okay, okay. I just thought I'd bring that up. I guess that's a good segue. When did you uh, discover the crew? Miley Crew was early, like eighth grade. Right on, right on. Now, did you learn about them in Hit Parader like I did? No, I think a buddy of mine said, "Oh, you got to see this record cover." Okay, and, and showed me, you know, you know, the, the back of uh, Livewire. Okay, okay. Yeah. I uh, I was probably vaguely familiar with them again through Hit Parader, but I remember walking in the Rinks Department Store one day. And there was the freaking uh, the Shot of the Devil album. That, no, Shot the Devil. I think, you know, I got into him on the second album and then went back. But that black pentagram there on the thing, I was like, oh, my God, if I buy this, I'm going to go to hell. 
I've got to buy <laughs> I don't know. There was a rebellious streak in me as a Catholic kid. It's like I, I maybe thought that the music I was listening to might, maybe was going to send me to hell, but I just loved it so fucking much. I just kept on buying it anyway. I know I'm going to go to hell, but I'm buying this anyhow. <laughs> I don't saying, care. I don't care. I heard once that Jerry Lee Lewis, that's how he feels about his music. He feels his music's actually going to send him to hell, but uh, it was still his calling. So. You still keep uh, going. But uh, so that's how I discovered the crew. Now, I never, I was supposed to see them open for my first Aussie show, but Shout the Devil took off and they actually canceled. And the, the replacement was a band that your mom loves very much, uh, except <laughs> the balls to the wall tour. So uh, then um, I didn't get to see them till the uh, Girls, Girls, Girls tour. So Buckeye yeah, Lake. That's the first time I saw them. Okay, uh, I saw yeah, a Buckeye Lake the first was time. Drunk as shit. <laughs> There's actually you can go on YouTube and watch the Buckeye Lake show that I actually saw. Uh, White Snake opened that day, and Anthrax. First time we mentioned them earlier. Uh, first time I saw them. Um, but I actually saw that tour again later in the fall without the Anthrax component. It was just Motley Crue and White Snake. I'm gonna tell a little story on my brother here because uh, we we established in the Guns N' Roses episode that I've spent. Uh, one night in jail in my life because of my brother so it's only fair that i tell a little jail story of him as well so my brother and me and uh, my cousin andy go to the motley Crue show in huntington west virginia went shopping at the huntington mall that day i always remember i bought um metallica um the 598 ep that day you know the things you remember so we go to the show and we all get separated in the pit i mean it's just general admission you know on the floor so all three of us get separated. I remember once uh, seeing my being kind of crowd surfed into and seeing my cousin Andy with his uh, with his arms around a real ugly chick, but <laughs> and he was all happy about it too. He's like, oh, check it out. I was like, okay, you have fun. Meet you after the show, buddy. <laughs> Rock the show. After the concert, Andy and I meet back at the car. No Tom. Uh, we wait about a half hour. No Tom. Again. The days before cell phones, the days before social media, we had to actually go to a pay phone. If anybody out there knows what one of these are, you see these boxes hang around every time with a phone in them. We had to go put quarters in a pay phone. I called my mom, and as well, soon as mom, she, we lost him. Well, as soon as she picked up the phone, Todd, she said, "Yeah, I know. He got arrested. The cops had already called her." <laughs> so apparently. The story my brother tells uh, is that uh, he lost his shoe in the pit, and he was bent over trying to get it, and this Huntington Civic Center at the time used police, armed police officers, uniformed police officers, as security. So a police officer come up and said, yeah, get off the floor, son. And I told him, no, or whatever. He said, he said, then the next thing you know, he said, they're dragging him out of there. He tells it, he says, the last thing he remembers, he never got to see Motley Crue that night. But he remembers leaving as they were dragging him out. He heard White Snake singing, here I go again on my own. <laughs> and the topper to the story, my cousin Andy at the time worked at our local theater. Now, this concert was on a Thursday night, and I know this because Thursdays were the nights that they would preview the new movies at the theater for the ones that were opening on Friday. So after the concert, we stopped in. My cousin was like assistant manager. We were going to, you know, see what the local gang was because they would have to put the movies together and then, you know, watch them to make sure all the reels were right. So we walk in, and one of his friends looks at us. He's like, hey, man, didn't your brother get arrested at the Motley Crue concert tonight? It's like, that was two hours ago. How do you know? He's like, oh, it was on the 11 o'clock news. Uh, arrests at the, <laughs> at the Huntington Civic Center, and they said there was my brother being hauled off by the cops looking like David E. Roth in the, <laughs> in the, in the Panama video or something. Hey, at least he made the television, you know, so. Hey, man, in all seriousness, the Huntington cops worked him over. And, I mean, my parents were uh, pursuing, like, uh, you know, like, suing the police for a while. I don't know whatever came of that, but God bless my brother. <laughs> he, he survived it. But, yeah, they, they beat the shit out of him, man. Uh, all cause all for the love of rock and roll, folks. That's all because he wanted his shoe back. <laughs> shoe. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. The worst thing was he literally had to go to court the next morning, like with a slipper and a you know his shoe. <laughs> He's wearing like a Kleenex box on one foot, you know. <laughs> uh, God bless you, brother. Love you out there. Uh, hope you're not watching this episode. <laughs> all right, so we got what? Uh, got Motorhead. Motorhead, Metallica. 
Yeah, we'll talk about Motorhead real quick, and then we'll take a break. Uh, I got to go on Motorhead's bus once. Uh, didn't get to meet Lemmy, but I uh, interviewed uh, their guitar players, uh, Wurzel, rest in peace, and Phil Campbell, now the only surviving member of Motorhead. But uh, that was pretty cool, uh, hanging out on the back of the bus. Uh, we we were a little – I had my buddy Will with me, and we were a little trepidatious about asking him if they wanted to smoke some weed, you know. So as we got up to leave uh, – one of them said uh, something like, we're like, all right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, you know, rock and roll. And one of them literally just said, yep, rock and roll, smoke a bowl. And so, boom, Will jumped on. He said, do you want to? And they're like, well, sure. So, you know, we sat down and started partaking with them. Next thing we know, there's this knock at the door. And their road manager opens the door. And he was this, like, old, you know, like this, not a rock and roll looking guy at all. Like a guy that looked like, you know, the principal at your school. And we're all like, shit we're busted he's gonna tell the radio station i'm never gonna get backstage passes again you know he's like hey uh can i have some of that <laughs> come on in buddy so uh that's how we ingratiated ourselves to motorhead in 1988 uh unfortunately lemmy was drinking at the travel agency remember the old travel agency i hear lemmy was in there uh you know tying one on before the show why did um, you go down there? Didn't know. Didn't find out till afterwards. You know, I think the next day, Mike Lecky was like, Lemmy was in the travel agency drinking, you know. And then one time, this is funny. This isn't a concert story per se, but one time uh, I went to, in my old band, Unconfined, um, I went to the uh, Foundations Forum 94, like a metal convention in Burbank, and Lemmy was the keynote speaker. He replaced Ted Nugent. Ted canceled. Um, 10, 10.30 in the morning time. And Lemmy had the biggest, I mean, this Jack and Coke was at least this big. And they put the whole extra half of the leader of uh, of Jack Daniels under the podium for him. So, I mean, he's toasted off his ass at 10.30 morning. Probably, probably rolled right in from the rainbow, you know, just took a cab up. <laughs> God bless you, well, Lem. Speak, speaking of the rainbow, uh, as you, as for those of you out there may know, I, I used to live in Los Angeles years ago, back when I still had credit cards <laughs> and uh that was one of my favorite places to go that was one of my hangouts between barney's beanery uh uh the comedy store and uh and the rainbow that, that was those are my hangouts I, I i never went i never went to uh the roxy never went to on the rocks never went to uh uh never went to uh, uh a go-go uh you know i always went to the rainbow man that was my place to go you ever see lenny at the rainbow uh, so one night I went in there. It was a Friday night. It was crowded. And, uh, I'm, you know, getting, getting my drink on, trying to hook up with some cute girls. This was back when I was still, you know, half my age. I was, I was still young. I had a chance back then. You know, like I said, I had credit cards so I could buy a drink for someone. And uh, so, anyway, so I'm talking to this cute girl, a little valley girl, and we're chit-chatting. And unfortunately, I started talking politics. And the next thing you know, we're talking about abortion, and <laughs> I, I'm making the girl cry. And uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was it just it went downhill from there. So so anyhow, so I I, I turn around at one point and, and who's sitting right behind me? There's Lemmy, just just playing Miss Pac-Man, just minding his own damn business. And I'm like, Lemmy, what's up? I'm like, hey man, can I get a can I get an autograph? He's like, yeah, give me a sec, mate. And he finished up his round, and I turned away from the crying Valley girl. <laughs> and uh, and there we go. So uh, beautiful. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think that's a good place uh, to take a break because we're about to uh, run out of time here anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I got I got one more Metallica story, man. I think that's about. I guess I uh, we will be back here. We'll be back. We'll be back with more ticket subs, episode M. Metallica. Uh, Metallica. And now, welcome back to a very special episode of Ticket Subs. Rocky, once again, Rocky making an appearance. Uh, he wants down. All uh, right, so uh, before before we get to the ma 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 main event, yes, uh, I did want to let's. I want to go back to uh, Motley Crue real quick because cool. uh, I'm I'm glad you do because when I was looking for props for this last uh, part, I I found this and we talked about me spotting this album in the in the store, Rink's department store, when I was just in the eighth grade, such an impressionable youth. This is the actual copy, folks. Still have it after all these years, from age 12 now to age 52. This album is 40 years old right there. Satan's personal gift to Kevin. (laughs) That's right. 
for for all these years for all these years of Kevin going to church to sing in the choir. Doesn't matter. I told you years ago, buddy, you're going to hell right along with me. <laughs> And when no, I get just, and, and when I get there and I say, but but Lord, I you know what, what happened? He's just going to hold up. He's just going to hold up the Motley Crue. He's going to hold up that and a picture of me. That's <laughs> all. It's, it's uh, enough said. So all right, all right. So, Motley Crue. Back Motley to Motley Crue, Crue. real quick. All, all right. right. So on on Motley Crue's final 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 tour right before this one they just announced. Yeah, I was going to. We <laughs> didn't we didn't touch on that. We saw him with Alice Cooper before the coronavirus. We saw him with Alice Cooper and. <laughs> So not only did I get to see him with you, but I saw him again, though, in Pittsburgh with a special buddy of mine. I just want to give a shout-out to Tanner Petrie, my little buddy. He's, he's not little anymore. He's 23 now. No, he's but, actually given jazz lessons. In, what's it, What town does he live in? We can, we can so give him a he, plug here. Uh, all right, so Tanner uh, just graduated from WVU. Nice, nice. Out of that and, uh, and got himself a job uh, outside of D.C. Morgan, it's not Morgan, it's Morgantown? Morgantown, West Virginia. Yeah, that's Morgantown. right out of D.C. Yeah, that's where, that's where uh, Tim Salt from Clutch uh, lives. All right. There you go. Uh, nice, nice. So yeah. so my buddy Tanner will be now be educating the, the youth of America and in the, in the wonders of music. And, and I got to take Tanner a, along with his dad uh, to his first Motley Crue concert. Now, we took him to see Motley Crue with Kiss. Nice. Originally. But then I took him to see... Motley Crue with Alice because his dad had already seen him once and he was, you know, he's like, all right, let Uncle Todd take care of this one. So, uh, so Tanner's one and only comment uh, that I love to this day was, wow, I've never seen Uncle Bake drive the car with his knees and smoke a bowl at the same time. So, Tanner, that's you know a little, a little bit of education there for you, buddy. So uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm uh, congratulations to you, my my friend, for uh, for getting through college and being a real man and getting a real job, unlike me, <laughs> 50, 51 years old, still living with my parents and loving unemployment and every bit of it. So you know, keep doing what you're doing, Tanner. You don't want to wind up having the podcast when you're that's in your right. you, don't, you don't want to be like Uncle Todd. All right, so yeah, yeah, stay in school, don't be a fool. All right, so uh, Motley Crew, moving on. Metallica. How did you? Uh, how did Metallica first come on your radar? Through me? Probably. No. Well, no. Uh, back when I was in double standard. Okay, right on. Uh, Before or after you opened for the Stones? We did. Yeah, we did not. We did not cover any Metallica songs, but I was aware of them at that point. Uh, I did. I saw Metallica on their Masters of Puppets tour, uh, opening up for Ozzy Osbourne. As did I, and did get to see Cliff Burton before he passed away. So there you go. There's mine from the Ohio Center on July. You'll have to read my book, folks. If you want to see my ticket stub, you gotta but you gotta buy the book. Buy the book. Now I remember. Um, I used to, the same uh, department store where I bought the Motley Crue album, Rinks, good old Rinks in Wheelersburg, Ohio. Uh, I think it's now the Kroger. But uh, I used to see this album on the shelf all the time. And I was like, man, that that looks like a cool metal album. They even got metal in their name. You know, look at that lightning and look at those guys, you know, metal. But I just metal. But I just never, you know, never, for whatever reason, I hadn't heard anything by them. And, you know, back then you had to use your, your record dollars, you know, sparingly, Wisely. you know. I mean, so, you know, for me, my, my record buying thing was always kind of like, if I had heard three songs off the album I liked, then I thought, you know, that would be cool. But I had never really heard any Metallica. Now, a kid in my high school, uh, Derek Stidham, the Stidmaster, uh, he he was into this album, uh, Master of that's, Puppets. That's the one that got me into it, yeah. I actually bought both of those two albums I just showed you at, on the same day. Um, I knew that they were going to be opening for Ozzy. And I was visiting my brother in Dayton, which I mentioned before my brother lived in Dayton. I went to see Judas Priest with him on the night before my last night of high school. But he took me to the first used record store I'd ever, I'd ever been to in my life. It was called Second Time Around. Good name for a used record store. And uh, I found both of those albums in the bin. I was like, hey, this is that band that's going to be open to Brazi. So I bought both of them, took them home. I threw a Master of Puppets, I think, first. And I kind of liked the acoustic intro for Battery. And then... When the song kicked in, I was like, this is the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. That, that you call, yeah, that's what, this was my initial reaction to Metallica. I was like, you call that a fucking guitar tone? I just, I, 
I had no idea what the hype was about. But here, this is this is um, a testament to perseverance, Todd. I was like, I'm going to listen to this whole album, okay? So I listened to it, and a little while later during the day, I found myself literally, master, master, master. A songs were coming back to me and they were catchy. I was like, huh, well, I must have caught something in that album. Went back and listened to it. Loved it the second time through. So it was like just an initial, like, kind of an... I remember having the same reaction to the Plasmatics the first time I heard them. But, uh, um, so when we went to see them open for Ozzy, it was once again with my brother Tom and my cousin Andy, who I've talked about many times. And I've uh, mentioned my best friend from high school, Dave Blankenship. Well, he didn't go to this show, but his brother Joe went with us. So the four of us are heading there. Now, you remember a few weeks ago when you said that uh, when we went to see, um, oh, I forget which band we were going to see, but you wanted to play the Grateful Dead the entire time. That was was Iron Maiden. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was in the Maiden episode. And, well, I wanted to listen to Metallica the whole way. I was going to see Metallica. I had already seen Ozzy on the Bark of the Moon tour. I'm into this new band Metallica. I was driving. So, therefore, my brother, my cousin, and my friend were, you know, forced to listen to Metallica. And I just remember them like, what is this shit? Come on, let's hear some Ozzy, you know? Greg Oates, I don't know. Crazy Train, you know? No, fucking Metallica, you know, this is the future. And <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> hey, did I call it? But I had no idea at the time they were going to be, like, the biggest band in the world. But the one thing after that concert that I remember is, do you remember the Ohio Center? There was kind of a mall in below uh there was yeah. a bit of some shops and stuff and you had to go through there to get to your cars back to the, to the uh, parking lots in the garage it would have raised hell amongst the, the normal oh system. my god todd it was like gang warfare people like, metallica and then other people ozzy and like people like wanting, i like, just want to go get a soda <laughs> i just want an horse julius <laughs> i don't want to have to declare my loyalty to one of these acts that i know nothing about <laughs> i like journey <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now i think you've mentioned before you said you didn't see all of metallica you no didn't. all right so here here's the deal so okay. me and my buddy hoop my old buddy hoop god bless him i don't know where he is now but i love him uh i guess he, he didn't have a car and i already i had already lost my driver's license by 17 <laughs> so so uh it was it was a birthday gift it was a good week, man. I saw like Ozzy that week. I saw Rush that week. Uh, Dad drove me to that one in Philly. Uh, saw somebody. I, it, it was a good, it was a good week for rock and roll. Uh, but anyhow, so so it was in Bethlehem, PA, which is just a bum fuck little town. And it was, I think Slippery Rock College is there. I can't remember. <laughs> but there's some there's some sort of small Pennsylvania college, and that's where it was at. And their gymnasium or whatever. I mean, you know, like it's a really small venue. Wow. And. And of course, mom and dad, we got lost, mm-hmm. and we we missed pretty much everything except for like the last two songs of Metallica. Okay. So, so like I said, I've se- I got to see Metallica with and Cliff, you, and you got to see Cliff right? about two songs. So you know, and then Ozzy came on in the throne and the, did the whole thing and claps and throws <laughs> water and yeah, yeah. See, we didn't get to see the throne at the Ohio Center because a small venue, kind of the production, they couldn't pull the whole thing in there. So he just oh, they didn't bring the throne down. Nah, no, nah, he just ran out on stage, all glammed up, and you know went yeah. into the set. But uh, so, now, uh, so that all right. So that was my that was my first Metallica experience. Now, mm-hmm. how much time we got left on, on the show oh, here? Oh, we got plenty of time on this. You know, we got a half hour, so go right. go for it. Tell me what you got. So, all right. So here, this is all right. Now I've I've seen Metallica with you a couple times, mm-hmm. I think, since. Uh, but the the big Metallica story, and I I should have had the ticket stub dot. I can get them out. <laughs> but uh, you'll, again, buy the book. Buy the book. You'll see the <laughs> ticket stubs there. Uh, November, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, November 19th, 1988. Okay. All right. Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. Metallica, Ohio Center, mm-hmm. with Queensryche opening on the, what, Operation Mindcrime tour. Yep. My, my fourth time seeing Metallica. I had seen them the night before in Cincinnati, and then I had seen them for my second story, which I'll, I'll tell after you. Now, again, why, why we weren't going together to this, I don't know. Because I, I don't know why I you didn't go to Monsters of Rock with me. Didn't you go to Monsters of Rock? In the I saw Monsters of Rock in the summer before okay. uh, with Mark Farrell. Right, right, right. And, and that, uh, that, that was a surprise we didn't go to that together. We got together. Okay, I saw that one in Akron at the Rubber Bowl. 
right there. You know, Metallica, of course, just fucking stole the show that day. Uh, yeah, they did. They did, absolutely. I mean, dude, I, I, was, I was passed out by the time Van Halen came on. I was just uh, was so drunk and tired. I didn't give a shit about, you know. Uh, I just remember feeling sorry for Dawkins, you know, having to come on after Metallica. That's just, uh, <laughs> that right killed their career right there. But anyway, uh, your second time at the Ohio Center. I was there. I well, actually, no. So, you know, you'd be right. You'd be right, actually. So, that, that was third my time. time was was uh, was Hamster's Rock. Okay. Third time. Okay. Third time. This is the story that I wanted to tell. Thank you for okay. actually. See again. This is why this this is why I need to talk to you as well as go back to my list every now and then to realize: Am I talking about which story and what day was it? What year and what you know? Buddy, I've gotten so many facts wrong on our previous episodes that no one really listening to the show are going to know that I got these little facts wrong. But I know, and, and now, I it, now it's in perpetuity. You know, it's in perpetuity. No one's gonna know that if they ever read my book, anyhow. So who gives a shit? I'm just rolling with it. So, all right. All right. so Metallica at Ohio Center. I was working at QFM 96 and begged Joe Robinson and Munch to please let me get you know, an interview with Metallica. I, I really wanted an interview is what I wanted, you know, for WOSR. But, of course, that didn't happen. They got me uh, a pre-show backstage. So I had to be there at 6.30. You know how these pre-show things go. You got to be there at a certain time to get in backstage, blah, blah. So now, this normally would not be a problem. I was very excited about it. Uh, I was taking my buddy John Metzger. God bless you, John. Uh, I've done this since kindergarten. You know, we, we, we've only seen a few concerts. We hung out like the first couple of years of college and then he got serious with his girlfriend. They got married. I never saw again or rarely anyhow. But uh, I talked to his wife more on Facebook than anything now these days. But uh, so anyhow, so John was going to meet me down there. It was the same day as the Ohio State Michigan football game. Now, folks, if you know anything about the Ohio State Michigan football game, you know that, first of all, it starts at noon, the game. The Not drink starts about 6 a.m. So we had, we had a tradition in Ohio State at a certain bar uh, called Papa Joe's uh, called Kegs and Eggs, where if you showed up at 6 a.m., they'd give you a little plate of really shitty, runny, you know, uh, scrambled eggs and, you know, and, and cheap beer. And that, that was the deal for the day. And, uh, you know, and if, you, if you could escape the bar without someone dumping a bucket of beer on your head, uh, before you left the bar, that was a good day. So, uh, so anyhow, so heavy drinking going on in the afternoon. Now, uh, went to the game. I believe we lost. Probably it was the John Cooper year. So if you know if we didn't lose, we tied. So, uh, so yeah. So they, there was a lot of drinking going on. I, I, I just, I just recall getting back to my apartment on Eleventh Avenue and just bare, crawling crawling up the stairs, getting to my couch and just turning on the TV and passing the fuck out. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I woke up and it was about seven o'clock. Panic time. I did half an hour late. I had my roommate, you know, drive my ass downtown, you know, oh. ran into Ohio Center, you know, showed my ID. I'm Tom Baker. I got an Metallica. I got backstage passes. Nap. Sorry. Nap. Nap. Missed the whole thing. Never got to meet Metallica. Never got the opportunity again. Denied. Saw the show. Denied. Saw the show. And, and then uh, they came back to Buckeye Lake, I believe, like a year later. I was supposed to be on the guest list for QFM. Me and Bram drove out from Columbus out to Buckeye Lake. We had all the way out there. We were on the guest list. Twice. Twice I got shut out of Metallica. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I pretty much, I lost interest after that point, folks. I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm trying to see this band. I just can't get <laughs> So I have actually seen them 19 times. I can like sit on here and go down each thing. But, you know, I have stories about a few of them. But, um. What yeah, I was six. That was enough for me. Wow. Okay. Now, were you at the infamous uh, sod war at Polaris in 1994? It was right uh, after they opened Polaris Amphitheater. Maybe if I was, I was with you. In 94, I would have still been in Columbus. So now we've mentioned Polaris uh, slash Jermaine Amphitheater a couple times on the show here, folks. Do you um, have the sod? Uh, I don't have the sod. I, I do have a ticket stuff there. Uh, June the uh, 20. 
eight, 29th of 1994. Now they had just opened this new amphitheater folks. Uh, this was the first, the first rock band that actually played. There was watershed, our friends in watershed, man, they did a little blitz thing there. And, uh, you know, of course, maybe, you know, a few hundred people came and hung out, checked out the new place. But that weekend, first big rock headliner, was Metallica. Was Metallica, Danzig, and Suicidal Tendencies. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we used our uh, we used our Ticketmaster. I remember using my Ticketmaster connections for that one and getting 11th row seats. Uh, folks, if you were ever unlucky enough to get me for an on sale in your Ticketmaster days, buying tickets in around 92 to 94, um, and it was right at the on sale, and I was I was buttering you up and saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're right here. We're just about to get tickets." Well, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Now I was screwing you over because I was actually buying He's my actually own tickets. Actually, getting tickets for himself <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I guarantee. <laughs> I was putting I was putting my tickets on like someone's credit card that I you know that, that couldn't be traced back to me like a friend or a family member, and then you you got screwed over you were second in line, but anyway through those uh, through those so uh, I got you know, Grateful Dead tickets most of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, you even got I, I remember the day you got fired from Ticketmaster I got, I got fired went home and still got tickets that <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say you got in and still got tickets for the dead. But uh, I had 11th row for the Sodfest. Uh, now, I'm calling this Sodfest, folks, because you can kind of anticipate what's happening here. We have a brand-new arena, a brand-new lawn that has just been sodded. And uh, a whole bunch of Metallica fans. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I, know, I know at one point I got just... Bam! You know, a big old piece of sod, like probably the size of like a, you know, my lap, you know, just right on your head. Oh, it was, it was really bad. I remember James Hetfield, you can just see just sod flying through the air back on the lawn. And I remember James Hetfield at one point said, hey, boy, you guys are a bunch of assholes, man. He's like, they built you this nice new place and you come in and you fuck it up. That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, no wonder three years later they had a riot there where they tore down the fence. It's pretty much the same audience, you know. <laughs> Probably all the same people were there for Metallica in 94. They were in 97. Yeah, it, it took them that long to grow the grass back, too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, that was a fun Metallica one. Well, um, when's, the la- when's the last time you saw Metallica? The last time? Oh, um... Uh, Oh, at uh, Rock on the Range, 2017, um, the day after uh, Chris Cornell um, uh, killed himself, unfortunately. Yeah, because uh, Heather has the the T-shirt for that weekend of Rock on the Range and with Soundgarden says, on yeah, the bill. Yeah, it says Soundgarden as the headliner for Friday night. Well, they weren't, <laughs> but Metallica headlined Sunday night, and it, it it rained. We were we had to evacuate the stadium for two hours. I remember standing, uh, I actually, we actually didn't leave the stadium. We stood on a stairwell, but I just remember standing on a stairwell with a bunch of metalheads for like two hours. And we finally get to go back in and it was the most fucked up thing. Okay. Volbeat were the band that were playing right before Metallica. They had already done all but two songs in their set. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and just say, okay, guys, your set's over and have Metallica set up. No, we had to come back after two hours of waiting and see two Volbeat songs. And then have the whole, you know, set length between opener and headliner for Metallica. So, like, another 45 minutes. It was just kind of dumb. No offense to Ballbeat or anything, but, you know, come on. No. <laughs> Again, this is – all right. My, my last Metallica show was 1996 uh, in New Orleans at the Lollapalooza. Nice. Uh, they were the headliners with Soundgarden, uh, Rage Against Machine, Ramones, my final Ramones show. My final Ramones show and my final Soundgarden show again was actually on that tour stop in Phoenix here uh, in uh, yeah, July 31st, 96. And, and now, now you guys got Devo on that We got tour? Devo. I did not get Rage Against the Machine. We got Devo. We got, we got Rage Against the Machine and we got uh, Waylon Jennings. Nice, nice. I didn't get Waylon either unless he was there before we got there. I can't really remember. I mean, if he had been there. Oh, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty neat combo, seeing Waylon going into Ramones. That was pretty sweet. Nice. Was Waylon actually on the main stage? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, we had um, yeah, we had Screaming Trees, I believe. Then we had Devo. I remember Devo opened with their six biggest hits, literally the only six songs even I think I knew at the time. And then the rest of their set was just like, what the, what the 
fuck are they playing? You know. Well, I, no offense, I, I didn't think they really should get more than six songs. I think that would be about it for me. Uh, you know. But now, uh, um, now I remember Metallica here. We're getting off topic. Well, I know, but it's it's pertaining to the show. You can uh, go. Uh, you can go online, and uh, you can actually go. I guess I could save this for the R's, but you can go on and see what happened in my final Ramon show on that day. This big fucking dust storm just <laughs> rolled in and. It, Anyway, you can go on live. We'll talk about that down there. for the hours. But uh, also, um, something else. Any other M's that we missed? Uh, No, there was some other something about Metallica I was going to mention. Oh, here I know. I got a couple of couple props here. Here's from my. This is from the tour. This would have been from the tour there at the Ohio Center, Todd. I probably got this the night before. I think I had one of those, too. I, I lost a whole bunch of programs moving from Los Angeles to New Orleans. That's the Damage Incorporated uh, tour. Base. This is the tour book from the Black Tour. On those two tours, I was following Metallica around like the Grateful Dead. I think I saw, looking here, I, I saw them one, two, three, four, five, six, Yeah, you, you were not seven. the for a while. I saw them seven times, six times on the Justice Tour and at least five on the Black Tour. But this is, I wanted to show this for a minute. The, it's the Black Tour program. What's funny about this is they put only negative reviews in the program, you know, for comedy. So here, this is Nikki Six's opinion of uh, Metallica in 1990. Uh, I bet you he doesn't, I bet you he doesn't, have the same opinion today but to me metallica is a shitty band i mean i fucking hate metallica i think their music's crap it's just garbage and they won't even be around in a few years and i don't even care if i get hassled for that there's nothing in that music lyrically musically or rhythmically i mean what's their fucking purpose to me it's crap and i don't mind if i get shit for that nikki six cream in april 1990 <laughs> Well, then again, he was probably smacked out of his head when he said that. So oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm positive. I, 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 I guarantee. I guarantee the marketing side of him now would be like, oh, well, they're one of the most fantastic bands ever. <laughs> so. Now, have you watched any of the free Metallica? I know the answer is no. Any of the 23 uh, Metallica Mondays? It's just uh, they've been. Buddy, I haven't watched any of our podcasts yet. I'm too goddamn busy trying to finish this fucking book, bro. Uh, so, you're, you know. so you're definitely not spending $115 and going to the drive-in to see Metallica then? Yeah. No, I'm not. Can you even find five friends today that, w- that would like Metallica and want to go? I can't find five friends. What are you talking about? Not in this state, anyhow. I'd have to go back to Ohio to find five people. And even then, that might be, you know, uh, I'd have to count on you and Heather. So, uh, you know. Jesus. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, Todd, we've uh, made it through 13 episodes. We're halfway there. We are halfway to 20. More, more than halfway because, like we already said, we got no X. So, right, yeah, uh, maybe we'll put on a, a, a recap or a best of show that week. I, th- I thought what we could do is we, we, X is going to be for extra. There we so, go. Yeah, an extra, extra, extra yeah. stuff. So, all right. So, what do you yeah. got for the ends? I don't have much. Um, let's see. Where are my notes? Huh? All right. Let's let's start. We can start in Columbus. Nazareth. New Bomb Turks. New Bomb Turks. Yep, yep. I've seen them. New York Dolls. You know, um, very early, maybe even in the first episode of this podcast, I teased the story about the New York Dolls, and I will tell it next, or not the New York Dolls, the New Bomb Turks. I will tell it next week. Uh, In 1995, I kind of accidentally followed them across the country for a little while. (laughs) All right, so we'll we'll follow that up next week on Kevin's Talking Stories. Okay. Uh, So New York Dolls, uh, North Mississippi All-Stars. Ooh, okay. Okay, not seeing it, but... Truckers. Okay. Uh, Randy Newman, God bless it. Look, you know, Randy Newman gets a lot of shit. Uh, and, you know, some people may think that's warranted. I, I think he's written some great songs. So, you know, I, I, I got a good Randy Newman story to tell. Neville Brothers. You ever okay. seen the Neville Brothers? Uh, I have not seen the Neville Brothers. Uh, Night Ranger. I know there's somebody that we've both Stop seen. Dr. Mofina and A, motherfuckers. I've not seen Night Ranger, though. You I, have I, not I, seen Night Ranger. Okay. Nirvana. I, I know. I've met, uh, I've met uh, Jack Blades. Oh, okay, cool. I've seen both Sean Blades and Night Ranger, but uh, Nirvana, I actually did get to see Nirvana. Nirvana? Yep. I saw him about uh, seven months before uh, Kurt did the deed. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite bands in Nitty Gritty. Apparently, Dirt he didn't band. have a gun. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, Nitty Gritty Jerk Band, uh, Nuclear Assault, 
Um, I think that's about it from Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, of course, absolutely, absolutely. So. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, yes, I've seen. I have not seen Stevie Nicks solo. Did see her with Tom Petty once, but uh, well. and of course now we. I think we both know who we're going to end our ends with. Uh, you know, there, there's only there's really only one we can. Ladies, animals, both of y'all, watch your asses because Teddy, Teddy, <laughs> this is the only time we can get time to talk about Republicans is when they're in rock and roll bands. So uh, with any kind of uh, <laughs> any kind of reverence, yes, exactly. There you go. All yeah. right, so, so I, I might I might go out and buy a shotgun just for the occasion, Kevin. I might go out and kill an animal. Woo! Right on, yeah. kill it and grill it, Todd. Kill it and grill it. So uh, in the meantime, go to Lulu, folks. Uh, Lulu.com. Buy Todd's books, please. Help the guy out. Um, listen to our shows on uh, Podbean. This show will be up tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. We got Dan Bowski on music. Todd, this week he's doing Black Sabbath. He's gonna be doing Black Sabbath, going through their whole catalog. So check that out. And then uh, when we get off from this call tonight, I'm going to transfer this cassette to digital. And that is, will be, when you are listening to this, this will be this week's episode of Caught in a Mosh on Friday. So get your heavy, Kevin's heavy always metal. Busy, folks. He's always working. Always get your working. heavy metal head banging on. And, and you know what? Remember, we may be old, but we saw all the cool bands. Damn right. I'm not showing off my tits like that. <laughs> All right, I'm Kevin. That's Todd. This is Dubs. See you next week, folks. Can you dig it? Can you?